And just like that, we are less than two weeks away from the 2015 Major League Soccer season. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It is, uh, we're still enjoying our win- winter wonderland here on the East Coast, but it's almost the end of February. We're almost at March, and we're almost at, hopefully, kickoff of the 2015 MLS season. Yeah, I was worried, man. I think that's why we didn't do a show the last what, week and a half is because you've been snowed in, right, with no power? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> nah, man, I think it's just your, uh, now that you're engaged. Oh, you have, stop you have it. All, you have all these new priorities in life. So. Like what? Like what? I don't know, Disneyland, uh, stuff like that. Okay, that was, for, <laughs> that, was, that was for my birthday that had nothing to do with the engagement. Yeah, happy. Yeah, by the way, yeah, happy birthday. We ha- we haven't had a show since your birthday, so so now that you're, you know, what are you, 28 now? 20, you know? 28 now. Wow, I was actually kidding. I didn't know you were actually 28. Wow, you're getting up there. I am getting up there. We started the show when I was 26. No, how old was I? I was 25 when we started the show. That is true. Yeah, no, man. Look at, look, look at you and oh, I, man. Yeah. Getting getting old before each, before each other's, uh, well, I would say eyes, but since we're, you know, but we're not in the same room, getting old before each other's voices. That's that's what our I audience, want to say. Our audience is getting to hear you grow up slowly but surely. Is that they, a good thing? I feel like that's not, I feel like it's ah, not it's a good, good thing. Man. It's like you got, you evolve with the audience because, you know, you got, you got, I'm sure there's listeners that, that are your age and. They, they, you know, they're going through those same experiences from transitioning from frat boy. That was not a okay. (laughs) First off, I was in a okay. I will say I was in a fraternity, but I was not a frat boy. See, I I mean frat boy more in just kind of the the theoretical sense, not in the literal sense. Okay, that is very you know that was you when we first met and when we first started doing a show. Now you're growing up, you're engaged, you're like living, you know, you're like domesticated now. It's great. Great, it's great to see. I, I will admit though, man, I, I still miss you know like the bachelor pad and all that stuff. Oh, I don't know, I don't know where you were going with that, but yeah, no. Where do you think I was going? Well, <laughs> uh, no, that's good, man. Hey, you know what? Like I, I like I've been telling you forever. You know, at a certain point, you you, you know you got to grow up and priorities change a little bit, and it's good to see. So, you know, we'll let we'll let the next generation uh, have their fun, and and you know, we, we can talk about the glory days of, of our. Uh, God, am I heard? Is is that me already? I'm gonna look back and talk about the glory days to kids, you know, Not ten years yet. younger than me. They're gonna look at me and be like, God, who's who's this guy? Maybe when you hit thirty, maybe when you get a kid under Ugh. your belt. Or yeah, well yeah, you're not even married yet, so you still no. got some time. So. I, I, I I got a year. I got a year before that happens. Yeah, I mean I I mean I'll 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 confess that to, before I got married, I definitely you know I went out and, and had as much fun as I could, and I mean that's, obviously you have fun. When you're you married. still do that? Don't lie. What, what are you talking about? Why are you putting, <laughs> why are you putting my business in the street? Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. No, I, I no, but I remember the months before the months before I got married, man. I was going out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, man. It Damn, we really? Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was. Yeah. We, how wait? We, how old are you? I don't think I can do that anymore. I was. Uh, I was twenty six. I was twenty six. Damn! Look that. at you, man. That's impressive. Yeah. No, it was good. Hey, look, you're living in a New York area. There's always something to do. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's always uh, there's always parties. But anyway, that's a long, long time ago, my friend. <laughs> uh, we have since moved on. Yes. Uh, well, I it's, it's uh, you know good to be back doing the SBI show with you. A few things, uh, actually, a lot of things that we have to talk about. Um, crazy to think, Ivis, that MLS starts in about two weeks, just like that. Preseason is done and over with. It's short enough to begin with, but it literally is short. All the preseason uh, competitions are being played right now. All the teams are in the final uh, preparations for the 2015 season. We're also having some friendlies. 
and just a couple days ago, man, we had a chance to watch Orlando City play NYCFC to a 1-1 draw, Ivis. Uh, we'll see a lot of these matches throughout the season, but uh, we get to watch them play uh, already in preseason. Right. I mean, the preseason, at the end of the day, the results don't matter, but it's nice to see how these teams are, are, are progressing and and how how they're kind of how they're looking you know we're all, we're less than two weeks from the start of the season already uh and you and you'd like to see these teams kind of close to to, to you know in season form and, and and we all know anyone who follows the league knows that that the, the the level of play in the beginning in the early weeks of the season uh it, it's not as sharp it gets better as the season wears mm-hmm. on um but you do want to see these teams kind of at this point in their preseasons uh, progressing enough with that they're going to be ready to go when the season starts. And, and it was good to see. It was, I don't want to say strange, but it was definitely uh, interesting to see Orlando and NYCFC line up. And, uh, you know, you had David Villa and Kaká doing the captain's handshake. And it was just a little surreal, right? Because, you know, you have these two teams, they're brand new, uh, coming on board. And, and they'll be playing for real, hopefully, in the next uh, in the next two weeks. In the season opener, and uh, we saw some nice flashes. I mean, Kaká in the yeah, preseason that goal was awesome. Well, he's been looking great in the throughout the preseason, and that's the thing, man. I mean, it's it funny to me when he signed. I know there were definitely some people who who, who were speculating that oh, he's not going to do that well. He's not <clears throat> he's not going to be the he's not going to necessarily be an impact like a dominant player in MLS. And I'm, I always thought that was crazy because. You know, he is not the Ballon d'Or, you know, best player in the world level player that he was at AC Milan in his prime. But the guy is still extremely, extremely skilled. His ability to read the game and process the game uh, is another is at another level. And he is going to come in and he is really going to make his mark with that Orlando City team. And I think they're they're doing a really good job of building a team around him and of uh, putting you know players around him that will do a lot of the dirty work, a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot of the running, and not to say that he's not mobile. He's, he's actually pretty mobile for, for, for this, you know, the player that you kind of think because he's never been a guy that is like you look at him and you're like, oh, he's a speedster. But, you know, he, he, he is pretty mobile and his skill, his vision, uh, he's got the whole package and he can still bring it, And as we're seeing in preseason. So uh, I can't wait to see him play during the year. And, uh, and then David Villa too. David Villa, you know, it's easy to forget the guy was playing Champions League final a year, less than a year ago. And he... He is. He. I mean, if if NYCFC, their midfield can get sorted out once you get Lampard back, and if this, once this group gets settled in, uh, Via is going to be a terror too. So I mean, it's great mm-hmm. to see. It's great to see two expansion teams coming in and showing so many uh, positive signs. Yeah. Look, the build up for the goal in preseason. It's always nice to see that. Um, like even still two weeks away, Ivis. I mean. Who do you think uh, has the advantage? I mean, does, you know, we, we discussed this I mean, two months ago when, when, when you know, we were so far away from the MLS season. But, but as we approach it, I mean, you look at two of these teams, Orlando and NYCFC. I mean, you know, maybe tough two weeks away to say what team has had the, you know, the better building, the, the better plans, the better preparations for the, for the upcoming season. But in your mind, just kind of looking at these two teams, you know, who do you think kind of maybe has, has the slight edge going into the 2015 season? Well, as we stand right now, I think I got to go Orlando. Um, yes, they they out of the blocks they they were ahead of the game you know um, they they got they were ahead of NYCFC throughout the process in terms of building blocks and in terms of, of of having their team put together because it was all really quick when you think about you know you go get Aurelian Colin Amobia Kugo Breck Shea uh, you already had you know players that you brought in from from the U, uh, the USL Pro side when you had the 
uh, some younger players that that you brought in. So already they had the nucleus. They had the they had uh, uh, they had a nucleus before NYCFC really you know had much to go on. And and I've been saying for the longest time you you have to wait and see what NYCFC is going to get from Man City in terms of players on loan. And we haven't heard a peep on that. <clears throat> we we don't really have a sense of what caliber of player they're going to bring in. And until we see that, uh, you have to give Orlando City the edge right now. And maybe it, maybe from that standpoint, it's a little unfair to rate them because NYCFC is not the finished product. Orlando City is pretty damn close to the finished product. I know they're, they're, they've finalized some deals here at the end with their defense. Uh, Sean St. Ledger, uh, uh, Sebastian Hines is coming over on loan. So those those final pieces are, are being put into place. And they, they're a pretty decent team, i got to say. But NYCFC... You have Lampard isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Discarude yeah. is getting. I know he's your boy, but he's, not my, he's not my boy. Why would you say that? Uh, you call him, look, he's not Brazilian. No first names. Discarude, Discarude. <laughs> uh, you know he's still getting settled in. And then you talk three, four players that you know you would imagine are going to come on loan from from Manchester City or Manchester City's setup. Um, that's a big. I mean, four players is a big. That's a big group, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's an impact. You can make a serious impact with four uh, quality players. So right now, Orlando City has the edge. If it, if, if barring dramatic changes, you're gonna like Orlando City in that opening match. Yeah, it, it look. It's it's and I agree. I mean, NYCFC, Orlando City may have that edge, but look, when NYCFC when they bring in Lampard and, and makes this screw it, that's just gonna take them to that another level. Also, you still have players trying to learn. Jason Crisis system. Yes, you have Ned Grabovoy, which is beneficial. Um, you have Chris Winger, which is beneficial, but that's still a system that these guys are going to have to learn over time. Uh, some good news coming out of Tucson, Ivis, is that Graham Zuzzi returned uh, and Kansas City beat Seattle. If you're obviously a Kansas City fan, you're happy to see Graham Zuzzi. Peter Vermees has been very cautious about bringing Graham Zuzzi back. He said he felt fine. It's still going to be a transition to get him up to 100%, but still good to have him back. And he also had a very good performance this past weekend. Right, I mean, it's look, it's easy to forget, right? I mean, he out of sight, out of mind. He hasn't played in months, and you forget the the, the caliber of player he is. And, and I know for U.S. fans who aren't necessarily MLS fans and just and just go by the World Cup and the national team. And look, Zussi didn't have a great World Cup, um, and then he came and then he came back and he was hurt. You know, he you can and then there can, you could definitely have the conversation about wear and tear and and did the season and did the year just catch up to him between the January camp and. And the the Casey's, uh, Casey's heavy schedule than the World Cup, and you know at the end of the day he gets hurt have, and and uh, gets sidelined. But a hundred percent Graham Zusi, a, a refreshed and and healthy Graham Zusi, is still very much one of the better players in MLS. And 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 you know he wasn't at he wasn't that player at the end of the year for them, and that was their big reason that they they, they fell out and and they were eliminated early on. Him and Matt Beasley at the end of the year, they just weren't the players that they were a year earlier when they led them to the title. Um, but now he's back and he's looking good to start the season. And I think people who have kind of written him off for the national team need to remember that he's in the conversation, that he is still a player who, you know, brings something to the table. He provides good service uh, on the flanks. He can play. He you can put him on either side. And, and at the end of the day, there's not a ton of really good and natural flank options. There just aren't, which is, you know, part of the reason Miguel Ibarra is getting such a long look um, because there just aren't a ton uh, with Joe Jow's injury. And now he's not in the mix anymore. That, that, I mean, you know, he's going to be out for a while that limits it even more. So we'll see what Zussi does when he comes back. MLS wise. I mean, I have no doubt he's going to come back in and still be an all-star caliber player. What I want to see is 
how quickly he can get back into the national team picture because the the U.S. needs wingers, flat out. How how important is it, Ivis, for him to have a rebound year this year? I mean, he's. I, I mean, I just think he's going to play well. He, it, I, I, like, I don't. I don't look at. I think it's most people can accept the fact that you know what I think. Wearing Sarah got to him, um, and when he's healthy, he can play well. So I don't think it's an issue of. It's one thing if he had had a full year where he was just not good and he mm-hmm. was healthy. That wasn't the case. The guy wore down. He got injured, and he just wasn't the same player that he is when he's healthy. So, I mean, I don't think I don't really think there's that there's there's not this cloud hanging over him, uh, questioning his ability. I think it, it's more of a he's is he healthy now, and if he, and when he's healthy, let's see him get back to his best. Like I think I I have zero doubts that he's going to come back in and still be a a, a dominant player in MLS. So I, I don't look at it that way that he has to have a big. I mean, obviously, every top player needs to have a big year because every team their teams need them because that's what. That's what they are. You're a marquee player. You're a designated player. You got to bring it, right? You got, when you're healthy, you got to be able to bring it. So I don't have any doubts on Zuzi, to be honest with you. I don't think this is that kind of year for him. There's other players that you can say, oh, no, this guy, like a Juan Agadello, after his year of, you know, being on hiatus, he needs to come back and have himself a year. Uh, Graham Zuzi, I don't think he's under any more pressure than anyone else. Not from an MLS standpoint, but from a U.S. national team standpoint, I think he does have to reestablish himself so from that standpoint yes on the national team side he needs to come step up and show hey i'm still here and the philadelphia union have gone out and brought in a new dp actually i'm sorry a young designated player for 2015 that is venezuelan ford fernando aristigueta from fc non ivis uh what do you make of uh of this move well i mean uh, it didn't he didn't take long to Show what he can do. He scores two goals uh, as a sub in his first appearance. Obviously, the the level of competition wasn't the greatest, but still, you, you love to see that when a guy is introduced as a new signing and boom, he's he's already scoring goals. But uh, it's great for Philly. I mean, Philly need, needs a forward, and uh, you know, I still, we're we're both going to work on his pronun- pronouncing his name. I haven't I haven't been formally told what his pronunciation, but just looking at it, it I would go with. Ariste Guieta. I'll just say that. That's it. Just it just sounds better when it comes off your tongue than mine. I don't know why that is. Well, well, well anyway, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but no, but look, they 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 need they've needed a forward for some time. Obviously, they went and got CJ Sapong, um, and they, they, their attacks can be pretty good. I mean, uh, you know what, Philly? I would say uh, they looking at their team now. I mean, you know, I, I, there were some questions about how how they would hold up coming into this year. Uh, you go and you know you lose a guy like Amobi Akuga. That's obviously a big loss for them. But I think they got a pretty good team there, and they're gonna they're gonna be in the conversation in the Eastern Conference. And, and this type of signing uh, definitely moves them in that direction when you, when you fill a need so directly like they did. Um, still, some questions about their defense and how the defense is gonna hold up. Um, and uh, you know we want to see how Rise and Boli does uh, in his second year, and he might be another of one of those international players who comes to MLS and struggles in the first year, but then comes back strong and really shows his quality the second year. And if he does, then you know what, Philly, you have to put him in that playoff conversation. So uh, definitely right now it's looking like a good signing for the union. And the uh, Colorado Rapids have also gone out and signed a young designated player. That's Juan Ramirez. And uh, look, I, I he joins what is going to be a totally different 2015 Rapids side that we saw from last year. I think this is like he's about like the tenth offseason signing that they brought in this year. Right. I mean, I, the Rapids they needed an overhaul. Uh, we all know about the struggles that they had, especially towards the end of the year. I mean, you could argue the second half of the season they were the absolute worst team in the league. 
Uh, and Pablo Mastrani definitely had his growing pains as a first-year manager. He, he had a lot to learn. Uh, and now, you know what? They've been very aggressive in the offseason. And are all their moves going to work? You know, it remains to be seen. But, you know, when you look at right off the bat addressing the midfield and for them to go and get a pair of players in Marcelo Sarvas and Sam Cronin, I mean, that that is a really solid infusion of talent into your midfield, two MLS veterans, two proven uh, commodities, mm-hmm. uh, adding them to the likes of Dylan Serna and Dylan Powers. Uh, you, you got yourself a nice little midfield. And, and we know, you know, from a forward standpoint, they, they, they got Deshaun Brown. The defense is the real question mark there. Um, how is their defense coming along? Is their defense going to be good enough? And that, that still remains to be seen. I think going and getting Zach McMath to be your starting goalkeeper, I like, I like that move. Um, but the defense, that remains to be seen. And that's a big question mark, especially in the Western Conference, as stacked as the Western Conference is. I mean, I still don't think Colorado's a playoff team. I think they're pretty far off of that. But if they're, if they're going to be a competitive team, they need that defense sorted out. And it'll help to have a guy like Cronin and, and a guy like Sarvas, but you need, to, you need your defense to be much better than it was because last year it was atrocious. And some good news, we'll take it for what it is, good news on the MLS uh, labor talks. Reports have come out uh, that the both sides, the, the union and, and the players have, I'm sorry, the league and the union, excuse me, have come to an agreement on, on some things. One of them is the compensation for players on public appearances and also moving expenses for players. We know this is going to take time, Ivis. They, they have to agree on a lot of different things, but I mean, hey. At least it's a step in the right direction. They're green on items. I think we can all say, okay, what, what's the next step here, though? We need to get a full contract signed because, look, let's face it, season starts in two weeks. Right. I mean, I think it. it, it I, I would caution, caution people uh, not to get too crazy about, about what it means, right? Because I think at the end of the day, they're just clearing off, <clears throat> they're just clearing off the minor stuff because they don't want to have to worry about anything else. When it gets down to the nitty gritty of fighting it out for the key top, the key issues, and obviously the key issues are free agency and the salary. And I think you know it's interesting because I, I mean I know some people who, when they heard about that the fact that they're even agreeing on anything, uh, oh that's positive, that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> There's progress, things are moving, and it's like yeah, but you know it's really like th- these small things are are things that they were always going to just agree on. So it's kind of like. You know, it's 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 clearing the brush. It's getting ready for the real uh, real battle. You know, so don't get too don't get too happy. Don't get too crazy. The the issue the key issues are still the key issues. Uh, and now we're going to see if they can hammer this out. I, I know they've you know they've called in a federal mediator, and hopefully that will will help them. Uh, you know, a little bit in in the head to head because I mean everything you'd heard was that the players were were very very committed to to striking if they had to. Play, and the, the owners were obviously not budging. Don Garber was not budging on free agency, and, and for them it was a non-starter. So just from that, you thought, uh-oh, this is not looking good. But, uh, I mean, for me, I still think, and I've said it all along, I think I don't, I don't think there's going to be a strike. I think they're going to get it sorted out. Uh, not to say that the union isn't, isn't, doesn't have resolve and that, that, that they don't have unity. Uh, I, just, I just think that, that when it push comes to shove, when the pressure's there, uh, it's easy for a few people here and there to go on social media or to go into interviews and say that the group is going to strike. But when you actually have to get that group of players together and and you present them with what is being offered, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a lot tougher for people to say, oh, no, you know what, that's not good enough. We're going to strike. 
Um, now, does that mean the owners don't have to give some? I, I think they do. I think they have to give somewhat. I mean, I don't think we're going to see free agency. I don't think we're going to see full-blown free agency. I think we could see uh, a, a variation or, or something, a step closer to free agency uh, along the lines of, and, I, and I, I, you know, I've recommended this in the past, is that you know, if you have veteran players who, you know, if you put your six years in, if you play for a team for six years, you should from then on be able to uh, chart your next path. You should be able to make the decision, do I want to stay here or do I want to move on? So, uh, you know, I think for me, if I see a, if I see a, uh, a compromise, I think that, is, that makes the most sense as a compromise because you, you get – I mean, the argument that we keep hearing is that the, the, the players who have helped build the league, the real kind of the backbone of the league, the mid-level uh, players uh, salary-wise, those are the ones that need to have some more freedom – and you know what? Those players to get to that point, usually you got to put your five, six years in. So it kind of makes sense if you're a player and you, you have your six years with one team, um, then boom. You know what? If your contract, as soon as your contract's up, at, once you get to six years and once your contract's up, you should be able to make a move. And I think that that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not owners are, you know, would would do that, I, I don't know. But for me, I think that's I think that's going to be at least what they get. But not increased salary, though. Uh, well, I think I think that'll happen. I think that's going to happen. I don't think that's that's much of a. I don't think that's as much of a of a, of a battle. I mean, I think uh, anyone that expects hundred thousand dollar minimum salaries. I mean, I no, think that that's ridiculous. That's we can't. That's do crazy. That. that I mean, it's just not happening. You're not going to go from you know whatever it is now forty thousand, thirty eight thousand minimum uh, to a hundred thousand or whatever it is. And not, not that anyone's even suggested that number. It's not like the players have said no. We want a hundred thousand dollar minimum. No, but I'm I'm just making the point that it's not going to be a dramatic change on that front. I think you will see, um, you. I mean, ideally, you'd like to see some uh, a, a decent increase on the minimum. Well, like and, I'd like and, to see an increase for the veterans, like you said, the guys been in the league five, six years, rookies. Okay, they don't but, that's a, but, but you know what? That's a case by case basis with the players. That's true. You can't really set a veteran. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, you could say okay, veteran minimum. You know, once you're five years in, you got to be making you know sixty thousand. But you know what happens? Every 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 action uh, le- leads to a reaction. So hypothetically, once you start setting, you, if you set a veteran's minimum, if you say, okay, a guy's been in the league uh, five years, he has to make, uh, you know, eighty thousand or something like that. Guess what? Teams are going to start be putting themselves in situations where they say, okay, I have this veteran, I got to pay eighty. When I have a rookie, I can pay forty. I'm going to go get pay the. I'm going to pay the rookie forty. If, he's, if, if, if all things being equal, and and so in that from that situation, <clears throat> if you're the players, be careful what you wish for, right? Um, because then you can start pricing your veterans out of the game, uh, and I think we've seen that. I mean, I, as an example, I know in football, <clears throat> when you had the kind of the lower range guys, not the superstars, obviously, but the lower range veterans. Uh, you know, when you could replace them with a rookie uh, who was making significantly less, you would do it. And and I think from that standpoint, you have to kind of be careful. So. Um, I think the I think the overall cap goes up. Uh, I think we'll have the fourth DP. I think that's pretty much accepted that that, that this that's going to be a part of the deal. So fourth DP, uh, a significant increase on the overall cap, and I think a, 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 a an increase on the minimum that is reasonable. Now, what's reasonable? That's the that remains to be seen. But maybe you know something like fifty thousand. So we'll see. We'll see if that gets resolved, but I, I still think uh, free agency is is a much uh, is going to be the much bigger battle than than salaries. I think. I uh, still believe that the uh, sides will get an agreement done before the first game. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, 
Uh, I, I mean, I could I see one? Could I see that one that Friday game? Oh, getting, God, uh, could you imagine? Ugh. Right. I mean, I, it, that's the thing. I mean, because at a certain point, if nothing is resolved, let's say it's Thursday, the day before the game is scheduled, they're going to have to cancel the game. So from that standpoint, once you lose a game, then you know the ish gets real, right? So uh, maybe, and we I feel like we've been saying this for weeks now. We could see that one game get uh, you. You can lose that one game. But then guess what? Maybe that forces everyone to get serious. And, and it's almost, you almost look at it and say maybe the league set it out that way. Maybe that's why they put that one game uh, early out, right? Because it's like a sacrificial lamb. So we'll see. You we'll think see so? I, think about it. Think about it. I'm I, like, mean, I, I, I get that, but I can't remember the last I just time. feel like that'd be a bad look, though. First game canceled well, on Friday it. night? Yeah, but look, the point I'm making is. It's it's much better to sacrifice one game than to sacrifice one week, right? You don't want to lose ten games. If you can lose one game, and, and, and you can reschedule one game, but you don't want to mess around with Orlando City, NYCFC, and that's why when you look at it, hey, it's kind of funny that that game's on Sunday, right? It's like they've bought themselves even more time because that because that for me that is the most important game of all because you have two expansion teams, you have that first taste of you know trying to make your mark in in the market in orlando i mean there's so much buzz in orlando now uh you just get you just feel like this is going to be a huge year for orlando city in terms of support if they get off on a good start and mls man i mean they control their schedule and and you know what at the end of the day maybe that maybe it isn't quite that deep conspiracy but it is convenient the fact that the most important game of that opening week is the is it's on sunday Mm -hmm. And then you have this one standalone game on Friday that, you know what, if you have to cancel it and that buys you another day and that's when things get real and people start to realize, uh-oh, this is serious. <laughs> and then you have players on the phone of the union saying, look, you know, the more I think about it, I don't think I can go without a salary. I don't think I can, I don't think I can handle not having insurance. You know, that's when things will get real. So I wouldn't put it past anyone if these things have been laid out this way. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Because, I mean, in a way, you want you, if you can build in these kind of things that help along the process, why not do it? And, and the first game on Friday night, just so everyone knows, L.A. is at home against the Chicago Fire. So they might have to delay the uh, MLS Cup Championship presenta- trophy presentation once again. So sad, Ivis. Just so sad. Right. I mean, whatever. They, they, they'll deal with it. And, <laughs> you know, they, they, I'm sure. They, look, they, they, it's their stadium. They can. I'm sure they'll find. I, I can tell you what. I guarantee you. They already have a contingency for moving that game. There's zero. I I have no doubt about that, and I don't care what anyone says. Well, sure, no, it's in the back of the mind. You got to prepare for everything. Yeah, right. So, so that's just the point I'm saying. Like that, that's why I think that game. You can almost say they they they've left it dangling out there as their as their kind of early warning detector. Like if things are really really bad in the labor talks. They have that game that they could sacrifice, and and it's good. It's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's not going to be good for you know anybody. Who, uh, you know, if you're a galaxy, if you're uh, you know galaxy fan, uh, and you're traveling to LA for that game because you happen to be out of town, then obviously that's not going to be good for them. Or if you're you know you're with the visiting team, you're a fan of the visiting team, and you make that trip, that's not going to be good either. But uh, you know what? Like I said, one game, losing one game or having a sacrifice yeah. game is much better than sacrificing a full week. And also sacrificing the initial, uh, the first impression of one of both of your expansion teams. Well, it, look, we missed the first game in March. Come April, the first week of April, are we even talking about that? No, we're talking about the season. 
time right. has moved on. Yep. Uh, I was moving over to the. I'm sorry, moving over to the U.S. Men's National Team. Reports are coming out. It's a couple of days, but if you missed it, Jurgen Klinsmann is recruiting defender and German American Ashton. Goats, I don't get why he is, Ivis. This guy's only like a 50 on FIFA. Why would Jurgen want to go after a guy like this? <laughs> <You're silly. laughs> uh, yeah, hey, look, Jurgen is all about, you know, identifying talent and bringing talent in. If, if they're eligible to play for the U.S., why not? I mean, I don't uh, I don't see what the problem is with it. Um, you know, if, if he's eligible, then, then why not reach out to him and, and try to bring him in? I mean, I think that goes for any player. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it'd be one thing if this guy really wasn't eligible. I mean, it, look, when we get to the point that Jurgen Klinsmann, uh, you know, is hooking up international players with American women to marry them off, then yeah, then we can start saying, all right, this is a little, cre- this is a little creepy. But these are players that are eligible or, you know, they have ties one way or the other, you know, with, you know, when you want to talk, you know, if, they're, if their parents are, are American or, or whatever – there's legitimate ties there, so I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, uh, the more, the more the merrier. The more options that you have, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's not a bad thing. So I, I don't, I don't particularly have a problem with them. Look, Ashton Gus is playing it, uh, and I, I'll say Gots because it's like I, the, the, right away I want to pronounce it like Maria Gotz. Uh But look, Ashton Gotz, he plays in Hamburg, right? I mean, that's not you know. Hey, look, Julian Green can't even get him in in Hamburg, so I mean, that's already. From that standpoint, it's a, you know these guys can't be terrible, so I don't have a problem with this. I I did see some backlash though, and I did I, I I'm with you. I, I did kind of find it a little funny when everyone's saying, "Oh, you know, what's Jurgen doing?" And I just I don't get it. And it's just, I mean, if this guy grew up in America, no one would be saying anything. No one would care that he had a German mother. But let's say Germany gives this guy a call, then you have all those same people. Oh, how dare Germany pull this guy from America? It's the backlash needs to end with 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 people. I, I don't get where people get this whole like this crusade with these un-American guys. I mean, hi, America is the land of opportunity. This country is founded on immigrants with people from various backgrounds. I, I don't get why people freak out over things like this. And you know what? He has yet to even be capped for the U.S. Men's National Team. There's no guarantee that he's playing for the national team. I'm sure you're going to call a lot of guys, and a lot of things do not get reported. Find it just head scratching, Ivis, when people say certain things on the internet and on Twitter, um, bashing things like this. It is what it is, you know. I mean, I think that there's definitely a segment of the of the fan base that uh, feels that maybe um, players who have actually been developed in the American system are not getting a fair shake yeah. because they're missing out uh, because they're because opportunities are instead going to. So players who, who you know, Klinsman is looking at and brought in and, and, and you know, someone like Julian Green is an example. Uh, but look, you know, I mean, we, we've had this discussion on the show so many times. I, I've made my point clear so many times. If the guy, if you're, if they're eligible to play for the U.S., then that's all that matters. If their father w- was an American serviceman and served his country and has a son and that son wants to play for the U.S., then he can play for the U.S., and it's not anybody's right to say he can't or shouldn't. Like, I mean, you can feel that way, but it doesn't matter because, you know what, what matters is that they can and that they want to. And you know what? I've said it before. For me, I, I'll take someone who wants to play for the U.S. Someone Like, it, it means just as much. I mean, I think, you know what? If you make that choice, if you decide, I want to, I want this, then that that mean that shows a lot. I mean, look at Jermaine Jones, man. The guy loves. I mean, I can't think of a U.S. player who shows more, who shows more pride 
and played for the U.S. than Jermaine Jones. I mean, the guy loves America. He loves playing for the U.S. national team. He gives his all when he plays. Uh, how can anyone doubt that, right? I mean, he it means the world to him, right? And John Brooks, when you saw his reaction when he scored that goal against Ghana, you don't think it meant something to him? I mean, give me a break, folks. Like, the, uh, people need to. Uh, I don't know. They need to wake up with this stuff. Yeah, have uh, you seen? Get, have you seen Jermaine Jones? Have you seen his tattoo on his knee of the huge star in the American flag? Right, right. No, I know. Awesome. It's awesome. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it, I I get the the maybe there's the, I get I kind of can see the concern from people who are saying, oh man, he is scraping. He is he is just. He is refusing to look at the pool in MLS. He's refusing to look at the pool of established players brought up in the American system. And he's going out and he's in, he's trying to find these players that, that ha- have very slim ties to the U.S. I, I, I get that concern. But at the end of the day, what matters is if they're eligible, you know? And and it, that's all that's all there is. I mean, uh, like, like perfect example we were talking about earlier before before the show, Ventura Alvarado. I mean, he was he grew up here, right? I mean, you can't even... You know, he's from Phoenix. He's from your area, Garrett. And, and the guy's playing mm-hmm. great now for, for, for Club America. And he could play for the U.S. I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, do you say, oh, well, he, maybe he shouldn't, you know. But no, whatever. If you if when, if someone makes that decision to play for the U.S. that can have multiple options, I mean, that, that shows me something. That shows me that this guy wants to play for the U.S. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, look, also, newsflash, U.S. development system is not as good as the rest of the world, so. Hey, well, see, hate, hate to break it to a lot of fans. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, I, I would argue that the the youth the youth system here produces unbelievable talent. And 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 that of anything, the taking taking that talent uh, in the transitional phase to the pros is where the issue is. Because I mean, I, I I mean, I'm seeing all sorts of young talent uh, that's hopping over to Europe now, and it's that that and that play is playing well in international competitions. Uh, with like just the U14s now, the US U14 team is off in Spain and they're beating the likes of Real Madrid. Uh, you know, there is talent in this country on the youth level. There are coaches doing some amazing things on the youth level. Uh, but the, where it gets a little lost in the mix is once you get the, you know, 17 and 8, from 17, 16 and 17 through the 21 22, those years are where we, the US is way, is just way behind. Yeah. Because before that age group, there's tons of talent. Before that age group, you have the the U.S. is is on par with the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Like when in terms of uh, you know pr- producing really impressive young 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 talent, but th- there's still that that kind of black hole of 17 to 22. Hopefully, with the USL, uh, you know, teams that MLS is is, is launching now, it will create more opportunities for these younger players to play. And hopefully this this uh, generation of young talents that is going over to Europe is all these guys, Pulisic, uh, you know, Flores, Rubio Rubin is already there. He's 18. But, I mean, even younger, uh, younger kids that are going there, 16, 17-year-olds. Mark Pelosi was one, uh, and he's, he's coming along. Um, hopefully there's more and more of those players, and hopefully more of them really develop and catch on. So um, it, it's getting better. But at the same time, there is this kind of – the, the, right now, we're talking about right now, players right now, there is, there's not as much talent in this pool uh, in terms of like 23 and up as, as, as there should be. There, there, there just isn't. And, and from that reason, for that reason, I can understand why Klinsman's like, well, you know what? I, I need some more options. I'm going to look wherever I got to look. And moving over to the Americans abroad, we have an update on Julian Green. I guess he did play 
for Hamburg U23s. Lots of speculation. What's going on with him? Uh, What's the latest going on with Julian Green? There's there's a lot of questions, and it just seems to be kind of a miscommunication between a bunch of sides. Reporting this, here, report there. What what, what is the legit story with Julian Green and his future uh, in Germany? Well, I think it's just a case of... um... You know, he, he when he went there on loan, they had a different manager, right? And then that manager got fired early on. The new manager comes in uh, and didn't rate him, didn't decided he didn't want to play him, and and that set things towards a really bad in a, in a really bad path, right? And I think once you got here into the winter break, and he still was there, I think maybe frustrations kind of came to a head, and maybe they weren't completely happy with what with Hamburg's handling of, of his loan, you know, and, and, and maybe if you're Julian Green and you're thinking, why didn't I just go back in the winter? Why didn't I just go back during the winter break? Why am I here for a second half of this year if the, these guys have no intention of playing me? Um, and then, look, there were obviously reports out there that, that he was being difficult and that he was choosing not to play and, uh, and he was refusing assignment. Now, we, we you know, at the, we're never going to know for sure the case, what the deal was with that. Obviously, the team denied it. Uh, Julian Green denied it. His agent denied it. Uh, everyone denied it. But then there were still these issues with, you know, he's, you know, he met, he clearly he met with the, the leadership at Hamburg. Uh, and then right after he met with the leadership at Hamburg, he's suddenly finally playing with the U23s, albeit in a scrimmage. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's just a bad loan, and bad loans happen. Bad loans happen when you know you go to a you go to a team, and, and uh, situation changes. You know whether whether it's a coaching change, whether it's the team bringing in players uh, that play the same position. I mean, as an example, I mean, uh, there's a Eric Kubo Torres. Eric Kubo Torres, outstanding for Chivas USA, uh, really came on for Mexican national team. He goes to Chivas USA. Uh, he goes to Chivas Guadalajara. Where you know they bring him in and and they were supposed to be really excited about that signing, but guess what? He's like not even playing. He never he never even got a chance to play. Chepo de la Torre, the manager there, signed. They signed a bunch of attacking players. Uh, Kubo Torres can't even get on the field. He can't. He didn't even dress last night in the in the Guadalajara game this weekend. So it can happen to anybody. It can happen. To, it, it's not just an American player thing. Bad loans happen. Uh, and all he can do is wait it out and, and, and hopefully take it as a learning experience. And, you know, we won't know for sure what Hamburg promised or what Hamburg has done wrong. I mean, I, I, you definitely get the sense that they're not happy. I know Julian Green's dad is not happy. He's, he's kind of been on Twitter uh, grumbling about it. And, and, and it sounds like, you know, Hamburg as an organization, at least as far as the, uh, Julian Green's father is concerned, is, is a pretty crappy setup. So you, you, wonder, you, you probably figure you, maybe they've had some promises broken or, or, or they've been misled. Who, know, who knows for sure? What we do know for sure, it's, it's been a terrible loan. It hasn't worked out. He, you can't, no one can argue uh, that he's been better off just being in Hamburg laying around as opposed to being at Bayern and having a chance to learn from Pep Guardiola and be in that setup, even if he didn't play a minute for Bayern, just being around that setup, training with that caliber of player, uh, you know, but, 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 you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. you make the move back in, in the, in, in the summer uh, because you, you, you know, it's a chance to get him Bundesliga playing time. And the crazy part about it is, I mean, there were teams in England that wanted him. There were teams in England that wanted him. He had an opportunity to go to England, and they passed on those. They have him stay. They have him go to Hamburg, and it didn't work out. And sometimes that happens. I mean, it's happened to players, uh, American players before. I mean, Michael Bradley, Josie Altidore. There have been players, uh, oh, you know what, you, you have this loan, you think it's going to be great, and it turns out to be a nightmare. 
So uh, I, I would caution people using this as a, as a, 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 a chance to make a final verdict on Julian Green as a player. I know a lot of people are still waiting to see the magic. And, 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 and I'm not talking about – not to act like the goal didn't happen, the World Cup goal. Because you know what? He scored a World Cup goal. Yes, he did. However, overall, his overall body of work since he, he came on the scene and since he, he committed to the U.S. has not been impressive. It just has not been impressive, whether it's his you know playing time with club level or time with the national team. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen the star power. We haven't seen, you know, what Jurgen Klinsmann was raving about. We haven't really seen it. Yes, he scored that goal. It was the the, the dramatic, the, the the drama behind that goal can't be understated. When you score a World Cup goal, it's a, it means a lot more than a normal goal. So you're not going to take that away from him. But overall, we haven't seen it yet. And and from that standpoint, I could see some people saying, oh. You know what? He's terrible. He's never going to be good, and people want to write him off, even though he's like 18, 19. I think he's a kid, right? The talent, you know, so maybe the talent's there. He just hasn't had that opportunity. Hamburg didn't work out. But people, don't write the kid off already. I mean, give the guy some time. He is not a, super, he is not a superhero yet. He's not a, he's not a superstar yet. Um, but to say he's a flop or he's, not the, he's never going to be, I think it's a little early for that. Let's see what happens next year. Let's see if Bayern can work something out next year, a better situation for him. Uh, Down south of the border, as you mentioned before, Ventura Alvarado, Phoenix native Ives, is playing very well right now for Club America. And even better, Ives, he's playing in a three-man back line, which I'm sure Jurgen Klinsmann would just love. Let's face it, Ives. If Ventura continues to perform at this level, I mean, a call-up to the U.S. men's national team has to be coming soon because he's also eligible for Mexico. I mean, this is a guy, a young center back. I was playing for Club America. He, he you're gonna need to call him up ASAP. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna get a shot caller for you so you can stop calling these dudes by their first name. This is Alvarado. He's not your boy. I know you're from Phoenix. You're I said Alvarado. his full name, then I said, said his ben, first but name. Then, but then you know what? Second references stick with the last name, man, because it's a little too sounds a little too cushy. But anyway, how do you know I'm not I, cushy I, with him? Oh, maybe you are. Yeah, there you sure. go. You don't probably, know. You don't know you with these guys. Oh, all the time, all the time, all the time. Well, maybe not now. Now you're old and domesticated. Oh, right? stop it. <laughs> anyway, look, Alvarado's legit. I mean, he's he's obviously showing that he's got quality. He's been quoted as saying he's still open to playing for the U.S. And uh, the whole th- uh, before anything, look, the three man defense thing. It you know that's not that's not going to become a thing, right? Uh, uh, you know, could we see the three man defense? Uh, in, in certain situations, the team's losing late in the game. You, you train, you shift to that, sure. But we, you know, all everything based on everything that we've gotten uh, from the U.S. from Klinsman in the time since those friends, the, the recent friendlies, the three uh, three five two is not going to become a thing. It's not going to become the lead, the main system that. And, and as much as a lot of them, me included, I thought I thought we would. I thought they, I thought it would be a thing. I thought it would become a, a regular a regular system we see more often. I don't get that sense anymore. Having said all that, it's great you have a guy like Alvarado who has that versatility, who has who can who has played in a system like that because it does give you some more options. So it'd be great if the if he obviously has a talent. As a talent, you want to have him in the player pool, and 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 if you could take him away from Mexico, all the better. Um, and we'll see in March now. You got these March friendlies, these these internationals in Europe. Uh, those perfect example, perfect opportunity to call him in because guess what? You call him into those, 
and and he likes what he sees, and he and it's and it's a good experience for him. Then guess what? Call him up in well, I, I, actually, you could call him up in April because I'm pretty sure uh, the the Liga MX players will be available for that friendly since it is a um, you know Mexicans national team. Uh, their Liga MX players will be there, so Alvarado could play USA against Mexico in San Antonio. Uh, but I don't think he. I don't think he would do that as his first appearance. I think you got to call him up in August, in, in in March for the Denmark's and Switzerland friendlies, and then you get a look at him. You get a look at him, and you let him experience what it's like to to be uh, to be with the U.S. team. And 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 you hear it over and over and over when you, when players when they come into that setup, they feel at home, right? They feel welcome. American players are friendly by nature, and 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 you, it's a it's a the camaraderie there is impressive, and 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 it get it, when new guys come into that setup, they they feel right at home, and they say, you know what, I like it here, I want to play here, so you know what, it's worked before, and I think we'll see it again. I think come March, I think Alvarado will get the call up. Now, will he take it? You know, based on things he said, it sounds like he's willing to check it out, and March is the perfect time to do that. Moving over to the U.S. Women's National Team, Hope Solo has returned back from her suspension just in time because upcoming for the U.S. Ivis is the Algarve Cup, which is going to be a great uh, a testing point for the women before they head into the World Cup this season. Uh, but more importantly, Hope Solo's back, and the U.S. desperately needs uh, a veteran goalkeeper because, let's face it, the goalkeepers in the pool for the U.S. women are, are not... There's a big drop-off after Hope Solo. This is true. This is true. But you know what, though? I mean, I think the U.S. women have a bigger problem than than, than goal. I mean, they, they they have not looked great. They have not looked great at all in these last couple games. And obviously, now is a better. It's better to look bad now than than the, this summer at the World Cup. But mm-hmm. they haven't impressed. And I know, yes, they beat England. They probably shouldn't have beat England because uh, you know England had a had a goal disallowed that shouldn't have been disallowed. Um, but they haven't looked good. And it wasn't. A, it wasn't. And it's not the goalkeeper. It's not because Hope Solo's not there. That their midfield's not working, or, or or their system isn't creating enough chances. It's 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 just the team looks flat. The team does not look great, and and you know the, this tournament is definitely they need to show in this tournament the quality of a team that really plans to contend for the World Cup title. If they don't look good in this in the Algar Cup, then all of a sudden you're going to look at that and say, yeah, maybe this isn't the year. Maybe this just isn't coming together. Maybe Canada will have that road to a goal to, to a championship, being at home and being the team that they are. There are obviously a lot of teams that there there are a good number of teams that that could compete for that World Cup title. But the U.S. as a clear cut favorite, I mean that storyline just isn't working out, isn't happening. Mm-hmm. They do not look that good. And truth be told, it's not about Hope Solo. It's about the rest of their team just not clicking right now. And that first game in the tournament for the U.S. will be against Norway on uh, on March 4th. Some teams also in there that they'll possibly play in the World Cup. Good measuring stick for the U.S. Uh, Ivis reports are coming out. Uh, I mean, it's not surprising that these reports are coming out because there has been backroom chatter for quite some time that FIFA is considering moving the 2022 World Cup to the winter. Can you believe it, Ivis? Uh, do, what, what, do you think this is really going to happen? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think... I think once we saw the whole shady TV deal move, where they extended the the, the TV contract to another to a third World Cup, yeah, for, that was a little strange. Fox, I mean, that was kind of the writing on the wall, uh, writing on the wall. No pun intended, but Grant Wall, our buddy Grant Wall, uh, reported the story. Uh, you know, he he is reporting that it will happen, that it will move, um, 
And I mean, no one should really be shocked by it. Um, I mean, for me, I think <laughs> I love to get, you know, you get details, details, right? It, it, everyone's saying winter, winter World Cup, but I mean, it's probably going to be November uh, into part of December. And, dis- and winter technically does not start until late December. And obviously you could say, oh, but it's winter in Qatar. Uh, I think it's, it, it's, it, when you say winter, it's not like it's going to be snowing in, in Doha, right? I mean, but for our purposes, it is going to be pretty bad for U.S. fans who, you know, are used to, you know, those summers every four years. You take the trek, you go in your, you know, you got your summer off, you're a college student or, or you know, you're a school teacher and you're used to you're having your summers off and you go off to the World Cup and it's the thing that you do. It's not going to happen this time around. It, well, that then, I mean, it's still eight years away. It's a long, seven years away. It's a long time from now. A lot can happen. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows? But if it if that's when it is, it's going to be a little unfortunate for U.S. fans because it's not it's not going to be as easy for as many U.S. fans uh, to be trekking off to to Qatar in November. And Ivis America's so- soccer power couple has tied the knot. Don Dwyer and Cindy Larue announced they are officially married. Congratulations to them. I'm more concerned, Ivis, if they have a kid. What what country is that kid going to play for? That that's my concern here. What are you What are you concerned about? Yeah, he's eligible for for Canada, for the U.S., for well, for England. Like a, I mean, I'm sure there's game. another country in there somewhere. Okay, number one, he's not playing for Canada. That's 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 a non-starter. Uh, number two, no offense, <laughs> Canada, but he's not going to play for Canada. Why Why you got alienate all the Canadian fans, Ivis? Well, it, well, okay, let's look at it this way. His, his okay, Dom Dwyer is not going to want him to play for Canada. And neither is his mother. Do you think his mother wants him to play for Canada after, you know, the way she's been treated? Come on. Anyway, um, and he's not going to play for England because his dad is going to play for the U.S. at the end of the day. Don Dwyer will play for the U.S. once he's eligible. I I firmly believe that. I think that'll happen. Uh, I think the bigger question, does he change his name to Dom LaRue? I like Dom LaRue. I think Dom LaRue kind of works. Sidney Dwyer, not so much. I think, you know, kidding aside, they should keep their names. They both have cool names. Uh, but congratulations to them. Uh, I remember seeing Dom Dwyer in uh, in L.A. Uh, during MLS um, MLS Cup week and, and had a chance to chat with him. And and and, he, and it, this was before it, it actually was like a public thing that they were an item. I mean, it was already kind of starting to speak. Anyone who was paying attention on social media was kind of aware. I know Franco, our guy Franco Panizo, who's all about the social media, he had, he had already noticed it and he kind of you know was catching on to it. Um, but talking to Dwyer then, I mean, he definitely sounded like he was in love and, and, and it all, it was like a whirlwind, whirlwind romance. But I got to say, even then, even talking to him then, I could not have imagined that he would get married a month later. That was pretty crazy. Um, but they seem really happy and it's great. And it's, you know, they are absolutely American soccer's power couple. No offense to Alex Morgan and, and, and Servando Carrasco, but you know what, at, you know, Two stars beats one, and and you know the Dwyer Larue uh, power couple is definitely uh, tops in American soccer right now, and it's and you know what it's great to see two two people be happy, and they're big, they clearly are happy, and we'll see we'll see if their game uh, goes uphill or downhill, and then you can always bl- if it goes downhill you can blame <laughs> it on the, blame it on them getting married, and if it goes uphill you can say hey look at that they're working they're 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 benefiting from being married. <laughs> I love the way you presented that. <laughs> oh, hey, look, I didn't say they're... I know it's true, but... <laughs> I'm just saying, either way it goes, people will look at that and say, oh, it's because of that, right? Yeah. Either way. 
So there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a. Uh, well, that, well, go ahead. Well, well, by the way, we'll, you know, hopefully we can get Dom on so he can tell us the story. Because he told me when, when I talked to him in December, he told me that when a time comes and, 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 it's, and it's out in public, he's going to tell me the story. So hopefully we can get him on. He can tell us the story. Ooh, the exclusive. I like that. Well, I'm sure someone else will get him if they haven't already. But we'll, we'll work on that. We'll work on that for this week. I like that. All right, Ivis. Well, that wraps up uh, today's SBS show. We were going to have an SBI Q&A at the end. We're going to move that to the next show. So if you have any questions, please submit them on Twitter using hashtag AskTheSBIShow. We will do that on the next show. Uh, Ivis, before I let you go, man, anything else we need to talk about? I think that's it, man. I mean, we need to work on our our scheduling. I know people are pretty upset. Some people are pretty upset that the, uh, the fact that we have not – had a regular show and i definitely apologize for that it's just really been tough uh for garrett and me to to, to get our schedules in sync and uh we're working on it though I, I think you know if we can definitely start recording more in the morning we're, we're toying with the idea of maybe having shorter shows and having them more frequently uh but we will try to avoid these gaps and obviously as we get closer to mls season we definitely will not have these like 10 day breaks like we will definitely no. try to have one show a week minimum, and ideally two to three shows a week. So mm-hmm. we're we're working on it. we're working on. It. We'll get there. Look, I, look in, in fifteen years, Ivis, when you know we got our you know, cushy studio in New York, we'll, we'll look back on this moment and laugh. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, I'm not looking that far ahead. When we can actually go a month and have like two shows a week for one month straight, then I'll start thinking that far ahead. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, hey, we're look. Also, we didn't point out this is we're entering year three of the SBI show, so. You know, congratulations to you and I. Just want to We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, this I is year three. They were entering year three of the SBI show. Yeah, but that was like MLS draft time. That was that was oh, that's that, true. That, that's our birthday. We, we can, we, our next celebration will be show 200, which at this rate will come in November. Um, but anyway, no, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, I, you know what we're shooting for? We sh- okay, this is what we should do. Yeah, it probably won't happen. You probably say no because you suck. But thanks. We should do. USA, we should do episode 200 at USA Mexico in San Antonio in April. Make it happen. What? Start working on it. Do it. Make it happen. What world do you live in where you think I can just leave work all the time? I'm not like you, Ivis. I don't have this jet. Uh, I don't have this. I don't have this jet setting life where I can just excuses. go to any city at that at, at at will. I just I don't have your life, Ivis. Get on my level, man. No, no, I'll get there one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one day, one day. We'll yeah, get one there. Day. Episode right. 100, we'll, we'll have it. Uh, we'll have it we'll get to 200 before then, so take it easy. Uh, all right, Ivis, you, you, you have a good rest of the Monday, and uh, and I'll talk to you later this week when we do another show. Yeah, good, hopefully. hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for the views. Thank you for the comments. That is Ivis Golarsev. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show. Bye.